Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope that you enjoy this message today. He sends his word and he heals. So if you're here with a physical ailment in your body, there's healing just in the, in the reading and the listening to the word of God. There's, there's healing for your body. There's healing for your, your soul. If you've, if you've been wounded and hurt, and all of us have, I mean, this, all of us fit into this category. All of us have been wounded and hurt and let down and disappointed. You know, things that we wished were, happen, were gonna happen didn't happen and bad things happened that we never thought would happen in our lives. And we've been wounded in our hearts. Well, the word of the Lord comes and heals us, heals our broken heart. The spirit of the Lord, Jesus, when he was preaching in in his hometown in Nazareth, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. That same anointing is here as we gather in his name today. And if if you're brokenhearted, his healing presence is here. You know, I was reading this story in Luke chapter one. It's the the account of Zacharias who was the father of John the Baptist, Elizabeth, the mother of John, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Their story is found in Luke chapter one. Amazing story, incredible story. It was a transition time. You know, if, if you know your Bible, you'll know that when Zacharias and, and Elizabeth and Mary had their, their spiritual experiences, it had been 400 years since there had been a move of the spirit in Israel. There'd been no prophets for 400 years. This had never happened in the history of their land. There had always been, God always raised up a prophet. Before one died, there would always be another. There was always some word from God, some type of visitation from God. But in this darkest of seasons for the land of Israel, it was a time of great darkness, a time of spiritual darkness. There was no people being filled with the Holy Spirit. There was nobody prophesying, nobody anointed by God. It was the total time of darkness. And, and all this spirituality was rituals, traditions, and forms. And in, in, in this season of seasons, Zacharias, who was a priest of God, was, he was in his older years, he was, he was an old man, he'd been a priest all his life, and him and his wife Elizabeth had a, there was a sadness about them because they had lived their whole life faithfully as they knew how to live, and, and it, Elizabeth had been barren all of her life. She had never had a child. She wanted to have a child. She wanted to carry on the family name. She wanted another child to be born to Zacharias so his son could walk in his steps as a priest of God ministering in the temple. They were from the tribe of Levi, from the family of Aaron. And they were ministers unto God. And this is when this story happened. In Luke chapter one, verse five, it says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest by the name of Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. What I wanna communicate with you today is embracing the move of the spirit or embracing the change or embracing the breakthrough that you're anticipating in your spiritual life. 
There is something that many of you are anticipating. You know there must be more. You're waiting for God to do whatever it is that's next in your life. Oh yeah, you're not ungrateful. You've seen God do some incredible things if you've walked with him for a season. But you know in your heart of hearts, there's more. There's been promises made to you. And at times you feel like you're right on the very edge of it, that you can smell it. And you're, you're anticipating stepping into whatever it is that's next for your life. Well, how is it to you get? How is, that's the way it was with, with Zechariah and Elizabeth. They had promises, but, but it seemed like the promises were, were passing them by. They were old now. Not only was she barren, she was past the age of having a child. But you know, we can learn something from Zacharias. Even when it looked like things weren't going to happen the way they hoped, they were faithful to continue in the ways of the Lord. That's so critical for us. The temptation is when things don't go the way we want, we back off. But they continued in the ways of the Lord. They continued doing what they had been taught to do and what they knew to do all their lives. They weren't going to back off. They were going to continue in the ways of the Lord. Very critical. You'll never receive what's next in your life when you back off. You never will. Let's, let's, Let's look what else it says in verse number eight. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in order of the division, he was serving as a priest, he remained faithful in his duties even when the promises were delayed. He continued to press on. And you know the story, when he, when he went into, he went in that particular day, they, they, they cast lots. They cast lots to see who would get the certain duties, the, the more favorable duties in the temple of the Lord. And for the first time in Zacharias's life, it was the moment of his lifetime when he was actually able to go right outside the holiest of all, right by the veil outside of the temple and actually offer incense on the altar of incense before the Lord. It was the, it was the awesome moment of his life for Zacharias. He was worshiping God. And as he went into the house of God and he was putting the incense and worshiping, the people were praying in the outer court. He could hear the prayer and the worship outside. Suddenly, suddenly, Gabriel was standing right there. Oh no. Gabriel himself was standing right there and began to talk to him and told him his prayers had been answered and that he was going to have a son, that his wife was going to get pregnant in her old age. And not only was she going to have a son, he was going to be the one that, that, that had been prophesied about, that Isaiah had prophesied about, a one crying as a voice in the wilderness, preparing the way for the coming of the Lord. So Zacharias received a promise from God. Now if, you, if we step forward, fast forward to after his wife conceived, he went home, his wife conceived, they had a baby. And, and, now, and nine months later when the baby was born, it says in Luke chapter one, verse 67, I'm sorry, yeah, verse 67. Now as, as Zachariah, his father, John the Baptist's father, Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Now I want, you to, I want you to catch the magnitude of this. There was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of priests that he knew. None of them had ever been filled with the Spirit and none of them had ever prophesied. It had never happened before in their lifetime. 
This was the first time he was willing to step into something that no one else was doing. He was willing to be ridiculed as an oddball, as a fanatic, as some kind of weird, some kind of weird religious freako. He was willing to step out where others weren't willing to step out and to step into the realm of the supernatural to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he began to prophesy. And as he prophesied, he began to embrace, not the modern culture, but he began to embrace the ancient ways, the God of his father. He was filled with the Holy Ghost, and he began to prophesy, and listen to this prophecy. Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesied, saying, blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who've been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And then he speaks to his baby boy. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. You will go go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. He's speaking to a newborn baby to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God with which the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So we can learn from Zacharias, you have to be faithful about your duties. You have to stay plugging in. You have to be faithful in the area of ministry that God's placed you in. You keep serving the Lord with what you know to do. And then be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. Not not afraid of what other people will say. Willing to step out into the realm of of the supernatural where, where prophecy and singing in the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit begin to move. Now let's look at Elizabeth for a moment. This is his wife, Elizabeth. And this is after Mary had had a visitation. You know, we know the story of of Mary. The same Gabriel went and visited Mary and told her how she was going to conceive in her womb without without being married, without knowing a man. And she was going to bring forth a child that would be called the son of the most high God. And after she, after Mary conceived in her womb, she went and visited Elizabeth out in the hill country outside of Jerusalem. It was several days journey from where she lived in Nazareth, but she went and spent three months with her aunt, Elizabeth, after she conceived in her womb because she heard from the angel, the angel told her that Elizabeth had conceived a child in her old age. So she went out there, and this is, this is, this is, this is story. Now Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened, everyone say it happened. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the baby leaped in her womb. Whoa, Holy Ghost impartation through the word of God. The word was spoken, and that baby was quickened in that mother's womb, and that baby began to dance for joy. That embryo began to dance for joy, quickened by the Holy Ghost that was in the words of Mary. She had been touched by God in the presence of that angel. 
Something can happen to you. You can be awakened from your embryonic sleep this morning in this service. You can hear the voice of the Lord in my words. And maybe, just maybe, you might have to dance for joy before this day's over with. The Spirit of God begins to move on the inside of you and change your life. Oh yeah, it happens. It happens. And Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped. And Elizabeth, and Elizabeth, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she spoke out with a loud voice. And she began to proclaim the first proclamation, the first person to proclaim the good news of God becoming a man. Elizabeth, as she was filled with the Spirit, she began to cry out, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And for indeed, As soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there shall be a fulfillment of those things which are told her from the Lord. So, several things we can notice about, about Elizabeth. She recognized the miracle of all miracles. The first to recognize that God had become a man. God had become a man. Has that revelation struck your soul? Is it real to you? Oh no, not just a theological idea. Not just something that you've given as part of your creeds. But have you seen it with the eyes of your heart? Have you glimpsed the glory of the incarnation? Have you glimpsed the glory of a woman, a virgin woman conceiving in her belly and bringing forth the son of the living God without sin who lived amongst us? This word that was from eternity came and lived amongst us and walked among us. The eternal God, the eternal God that lived in eternity with his father was conceived in the womb of a virgin and walked among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Elizabeth glimpsed it by the Holy Ghost. She began to proclaim this this incredible miracle that God has visited us. She was filled with the Holy Spirit, unashamed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In verse 43, she was grateful. God has granted to her to, to experience this incredible miracle. So she was proclaiming the word of the Lord. She was grateful to God and she was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now here's the best part. We're gonna look at this, look at Mary. Mary embraced. This is impossible to happen. I mean, who has ever heard? Do you know how weird the gospel is? It is so weird and we've just, our ears become dull because we've heard it so long. How on earth, who would ever think of a crazy story of mankind being saved by a a horrible thing, by by a human body being nailed on a piece of wood? A a, a capital punishment being the the tool for salvation. Who would think of such a thing? Who would think of such a thing that the first thing that would happen when the church was born is they'd all be filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in languages that no one could understand? Who would think of such a thing? Who would think of such a thing that a woman would have a baby who had never known a man? Who would come up with such an unbelievable idea as that? No one would ever, no one would ever try to to spin such a wild story. No one would ever try to spin such a wild story because it can't be believed except by the grace of God. Only by his grace. It's an impossible story. 
Mary was just a, an average, normal girl, a, a young teenager in Nazareth, and an angel came and appeared to her. She had never seen an angel, never met anyone that had seen an angel. No one had even heard about angels for 400 years. There had been no prophecies, no word from God, no supernatural anything. And an angel showed up in her bedroom. How can this be? How can this be? How can this be since I know not a man? How can I become pregnant? How can I have a baby boy? How can I bring to life the Son of God in this world? And the angel answered her and said to her, the, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, Mary. Wow. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. A prototype of the church. She was a picture of the body of Christ. He's speaking over you today. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is how you're going to step into the new thing in your life. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit to have more of your life? Are you willing to let your life die that he can live? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. We think of the blessing of being Mary. Oh, it wasn't a blessing for Mary. It was not, in one sense it was a blessing, but in another sense, it was a horrible curse. No one in that, no one in that city believed she was conceived by the Holy Ghost. Nobody believed it, except for Joseph. Nobody believed it. No one believed it her whole life. All of her life she was scorned. All of her life she was ridiculed. And her son was, was ridiculed. She lived a, in, in that sense, she lived a miserable life. She was forsaken and despised like her son was because she embraced the supernatural. I'm telling you, the holy, the, the Christianity is not a guide to how to win friends and influence people. If you think of it, if it was, then why did all of his disciples get martyred? Every one of them except for the one they couldn't kill. This is not, this is not how to win friends and influence people. This is, this is a radical invasion of a culture that's anti-Christ and anti-God, an invasion by the most improbable way a virgin would conceive and bring forth a redeemer who would redeem us from our sins, and he'd bring a, a, a remnant out of darkness and, call, and fill them with the Holy Spirit, and they'd shine like him as lights in the midst of that darkness, and they would bear his reproach and bear his blessing and preach Christ to this generation. He embraced the, she embraced the supernatural. Mary embraced the supernatural. She embraced the supernatural. If you want to step into what's next in your life, what's next from God, that is. Not, not what's next for the world or what next for your, your plan, but if you want to step into what's next from God, embrace the supernatural. Embrace the power of his words. She said, no word shall be impossible. Speed, let it be done to me, Lord, as your servant has spoken. No word shall be impossible. Let, my, let me carry the, the redeemer in my body. The Holy Ghost came upon her. She embraced the word, and she embraced the mighty, mighty power of the Holy Ghost. And then she stepped into the song of the ages. It's found in, in, in Luke Luke chapter 1, verse 46. I've got to turn to this in my Bible. Luke chapter 1, verse 46. She began to, to sing out 
Hallelujah. She began to sing out in Luke chapter one, verse 46, the spirit of God came upon her. Yeah, and she began to cry out, the Magnificat, my soul, my soul exalts the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior. For he has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He's done mighty deeds with his arm. He's scattered those who are proud in the thoughts of their heart. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, and he's exalted those who are humble. He's filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He's given help to Israel, his servants, in remembrance of his mercy. And as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever, that's, that's the incredible song of Mary. She stepped into this, this prophetic song. She stepped into the song of her life. You know, God has a song for you. He's singing over you. As a matter of fact, we were singing a song today. It's, it was called Catch the Song above your head. Jesus is singing over you. It, that's, that is biblical, that is scriptural. It's a prophecy from the Old Testament that our God sings over us. He sings over us. He was singing over you the day you were born. He was singing over you the day that you almost died in that traffic accident. He was singing over you when you began to make some bad choices and begin to walk into darkness. He was singing over you when you came out of darkness and began to call upon his name. He's been singing over you about your marriage. He's been singing over you about his destiny for your life. He's all around you. He's closer than you could imagine. This bubble is all about us. Mary stepped into it. She stepped into it. She, she pierced the veil. She pierced the veil of this world. She pierced the veil and the powers of the other side began to break in on her. You might, some of you are out there thinking, well, that was Mary and that was Zacharias and that was Elizabeth. Oh yeah, they lived in a time when very few people, they were the only ones, but now we live in a different time. We live in a different time. In this age, all flesh, all mankind, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord has access like they had access into the holiest of all. This is not for the super spiritual. This is not for the priests. This is not for the preachers. This is for the everyday man and woman. This is for the little boys and the little girls. This is for everybody to step into Mary's song, to step into the song of the ages, to step into God's prophecy and let him sing over you. It's a song of redemption. It's a song of love. It's a song of healing. And it's a song of hope. It's a song of recovery and a song of prosperity. It's a song of holiness, a song of purity, a song of blessing, and a song of life. And he's been singing over you. Can you hear it? Can you feel the rhythm? It's, this is the song that broke out of the night. The night the shepherds were out there sleeping, watching over their herds, and suddenly the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And the whole, the whole world for them was filled with heaven's song. The angels came down and began to sing. This is the song that broke in on Zacharias. Oh yeah, oh yeah, my boy, my boy. You know, you, so you think about this. Think about the fruits of this miracle. He had a boy. If you haven't read your Bible, you'll find out his boy was pretty weird. I mean, really weird. This boy never got a haircut his entire life. 
He never got to shave his entire life. He didn't wear the latest fashions that were being sent out on, on Amazon.com. He was, he was wearing stuff from 400 years ago. He was dressed in, a, in an animal's coat. And he, he lived off of wild honey and locusts. And he lived out in the caves out in the wilderness because there was something on him that wasn't on anybody that had never been on anybody. This was the prophets that had come to prepare the way for the Lord's. And the fullness of time, 30 years later, he made his appearance out in the wilderness and he began to cry out. And revival began to shake that land. The Spirit of God began to visit that land for the first time in 400 years. God began to visit and prepare for the coming of the Savior, for the ministry of Christ, for the death of Christ, for the resurrection of Christ, and for the birth of His church. God has some plans for you. Oh, He has some plans for the city of New Orleans. He has some plans for Victory Fellowship. He wants to birth something fresh and something new in your life. Embrace His song. Embrace him, embrace his love. I want to read one, two more verses as we finish here. Verse 46 and 47 in this song, in the song of Mary. Mary said, my soul, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. Let's just try that for a moment right now. Just close your eyes while we're just seated. And just lift your hands. My soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. I'm getting out of my my narrow places in my life. Getting out of all my excuses of why why it can't happen and why it hasn't happened and getting out of all of my bitterness and my hurts. Oh, and I'm I'm magnifying. I'm I'm widening my heart. I'm expanding my heart right now. Why? Just lift, put your hands wide apart as you lift them up. Wide apart. I'm widening my heart. Widening my heart. I'm making room. I'm making room for the King of glory. Making room in my heart, in my life, for a move of the Spirit. Making room for what's next. I'm embracing what's next. I'm embracing His Word. I'm staying on the path. I'm embracing embracing the ancient days. I'm embracing the move of God. I'm embracing the Holy Spirit. I'm embracing this song of the Lord that he's singing over me. Oh, can you hear his song? Can you feel the rhythm in your soul deep down inside of you? Yeah, there is something beautiful taking place in the world today. It's the song of redemption. It's the song of life. It's the song of the Lamb gathering his sons and daughters for the great and terrible day that's about to take place in the earth. He's gathering. He's gathering his sons and daughters for his coming. Oh, yes, just as they were preparing that day, there was a stirring and anticipation in the temple. When Zacharias came out, the people began to recognize something had happened. A new day was dawning. My friend, we live in the day, the the day, the day of the second coming of our Lord, just as they anticipated the coming of Messiah. There's something in our heart. Oh, the, oh yeah, the, the, the expectation is deepening inside of us. The joyful anticipation is deepening as we sing his song of the soon return of our Redeemer, our Redeemer King. Oh yeah, they thought Zechariah had lost his mind. They thought Elizabeth had lost her mind. They really thought Mary had lost her mind, that the Messiah was coming, that the Messiah had come. My friends, when you begin to embrace the Bible, there's people that are going to think you're whack. And that's okay. If they don't, if they don't, you're in real trouble. When you begin to embrace the doctrines of the Bible. Now here's the last part of her song. 
my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced, this is radical, in God my Savior. I mean, that is so radical. First of all, it throws away the error of, of much of the church for years that didn't think Mary needed a Savior. She definitely needed a Savior. Mary was a sinner in need of a Savior, and she knew it. She was like the rest of us, so God used her in a special way. But she needed redemption. She wasn't born of a virgin. She had the sins of Adam and Eve in her body, in her DNA. And she, she carried this spotless son of God that was conceived by the Holy Spirit in her womb, inside of her womb, and she was rejoicing and singing this song. She was saying, God has come, my savior, my savior is inside of me. I will deliver him and he will deliver me. I'll deliver him and he will deliver me. My savior is coming into this world. And another radical thing that she began to declare that this, this baby boy that was gonna be born, that was gonna come forth from her womb is God, Emmanuel. God in the form of a baby, God in the form of a man, God himself, the mystery of mysteries has taken upon himself human flesh. The mystery of, 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 of Christmas. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, he, he, he moves upon our hearts. He is the master potter. And he shapes us and prepares us for his beautiful work. He wants us to, to carry the treasure in this earthen vessels. He wants us to be a, a, a pot, a vessel prepared for the master's use. And he works and molds us and prepares us. Yeah, and he, it starts with this beautiful revelation that Mary had. I need a savior. I need a savior. It's the beginning of your life. I need a savior. My problems, they're not on the outside. My problems, they're on the inside. My problems are me. I need a savior. You know, I, I became a Christian in 1973. And it was that I was running, running all over the country, running from what I thought my problems were. I lived in New Jersey when I was in college, and in high school and college, and, and I wanted to run from, from New Jersey because I thought all my problems were in New Jersey. They were, that was the problem. I lived there, and it was a horrible place to me. So then, so I ran. I went to college. Probably wasn't the best reasons, but I went to the University of Miami to college. Not a good place to go for me at the time. And I went down there and it took me a semester to realize that all those problems that were in New Jersey, now they were, suddenly they're all in Miami now. I don't know how they got there. So I went back to, to just across the river from New York City and went to East Rutherford and I went to school there and, and they, the problems chased me down there and then I went over to Western Michigan and I was over there and, and the problems were there and, and I ran from them there and I came back to New Orleans. And lo and behold, all those problems chased me down from all over, all over the country. And I came, finally came to the, the hardest decision of my life, that I was the problem. <laughs> you, can never, you, can never, you can never get healed until you come to that conclusion, that you are not the solution. You can't look in the mirror and say, I'm the solution. You'll never get, you'll never get past it. You're the problem. 
You're the problem. And when you come to the conclusion that, that Christ is the answer, I must decrease and he must increase. I must go backwards and he must go forwards. I must die and he must live. And that's the beginning. Christ, my Savior. Oh, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul will exalt in, in God, my Savior. God, my Savior. The song is being sung. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at victoryfellowship.net for service times and locations.